0: this morning we praise God for what he's doing how he's moving all the good things that he does all the great and terrible things that he does King James we praise him Amen? amen our God is mighty that means in the King James when it says terrible things that God is terrible it means he's awesome it means he's off the chain amazing off the charts you can't measure it because it's so amazing Our Our great and terrible God. Amen. All right, turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 16. everybody's turning there and I I heard some tires on gravel I don't know if that means somebody else is coming in or not but as we're uh, turning there and it it should be it's all the way at the back of the book of of Romans so Romans chapter 16 Um, I just want to say you know the Lord spoke to us and I don't have calendar dates but a few weeks ago and told us from the book of Leviticus he told us don't let the fire go out that the fire shall never amen It didn't say that if we're lazy, that the fire will go out. You can let your own fire go out. Amen? You can let your ember get cold, but his fire will never go out. Amen? The sacrifice Jesus made on on the cross when he laid his life down on the altar of God, that sacrifice will forever be before him. Amen? Ever burning that sweet smelling fragrance. So every time someone comes to know Jesus, every time we call upon the name of Jesus, every time we trust in him, every time we ask him, Lord, will you, will you touch and move in my family's life? Will you, will you move in my, my school? Will you move help me with my education? Will you, will you bless my, my, my mom or my dad with a job? Will you do these things? Every time we call upon the name of Jesus, it's a sweet smelling fragrance to the Lord when we do it in trust and faith, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Is that simple? Try to keep it simple. Amen? All right, everybody there? Romans 16, 19. This Bible I happened to pick up this morning has a little tiny print, So i got my magnifiers on. <laughs> Chapter 16, verse 19. We're just going to read verse 19, believe it or not. Here we go. Well, you know, maybe we should read... Verse 17, 18, 19. (laughs) Okay, verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren. Now this is Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome, the Romans. So Romans chapter 16, and we're going to pick up in verse 17. 16, 17. 16. All the way at the back of the book of Romans. And he says, now I beseech you. I'm reading from the King James. And basically, beseech means I beg of you. I implore you. I really, really, really ask you seriously. Mm -hmm. Now I beseech you, brethren. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned. Mark them and avoid them. Avoid them. That's a pretty strong statement, wouldn't you say? Funny to me looking over the top of these things. Then he said, he didn't only say to mark them, that means you know them. The Bible tells us to know those that labor among you, right? And so you should know and mark them. And so if I see something that's not right, I'm not going to just let my kids go on about going over there. Amen. As a matter of fact, there's been several times, even in their adult lives, where we saw something in maybe a certain "Quote unquote," so-called Christian music, or something like that, and we we said, you know, something's not right. The spirit's not bearing witness to this. Yes, it sounds good. It's got a good beat. It sounds nice. I kind of like the you know the what they're saying, but something's not right. So we get we get before the Lord with it and say, Lord, should we be feeding this to our sheep? Should we be doing this, or should we go? A different direction, and the Lord, and that's in those instances, the Lord led us in a different direction. So, there's certain songs you won't catch us singing in here, right? Just for an example, and there's been times now as we as they're growing and they're becoming more mature Christians, they're becoming mature Christians, and we're, we're becoming mature Christians too, right? And as we're growing, that they begin to see things too. Even my teenagers would see things sometimes that I didn't see. And they would say, what about this? What's going on? Even my youth group, they would come and say, something's not right here. And we would go into prayer and we would seek the Lord for it. We didn't just say, oh, well, you know, the Bible says if they're for us, who can be against us? Let's just go with it. Because they can be, again, you know, they can look like they're for you just because they're saying the right some of the right things. That's how Eve was deceived. Do you hear me? That's how Eve was deceived because Satan seemed to be on her side. Am I right? The deceiver came to deceive. He didn't come to to, to just, you know, try to whack her over the head and drag her down to hell. That would have been not nearly as fruitful as causing her to believe that she was okay and to believe that it was going to be all right and lull her into that false sense of security where she would take and eat of that fruit and then share it with the first man, Adam. Not first, anyway, with Adam, amen? And then that became the fall of all humanity. Then sin entered into the world, amen? Do you understand? got to mark them does that mean you run over there and you put a big x on their back in the spirit yes (laughs) you don't let you don't let your you don't let people go that way if you know it's dangerous you don't tell them to let them go on that way anyway amen we have to cry aloud and spare not we have to open our mouths and say what we see do you understand the other day um, it was. We were having uh, flash flood warnings. I so, you know, it was just gonna be flash flood, flash flood warnings. And so I told my son, even though we have this big, huge four by four SUV and it's big and tough and long, I said, if the road is full of water, <laughs> I don't care what kind of car we're driving. even though it's not, we're not driving a. I forget what those little cars are called. to call it a zebra because they got the amphibious car. Huh? <laughs> If it's not, no, no, even if you're driving one of those little cars that looks like a, smart car a wedge, yeah. <laughs> a smart car. If you're driving one of those little tiny two-seater smart cars, you know, of course you're not, you don't want to drive through it because it looks like it's, you, know, you might choke out the engine. That's the way we think, right? Oh, well, our truck will go through that. You're not going to choke out the engine. Oh, it'll pull right through it. But you don't know what's under the water. Y'all remember when the road up to 491 in Shiprock, that whole road washed out? You remember that? Ain't no car going through that. Okay? So I told him, don't drive through it because you don't know what's under there. And, and it, it, I, you know, you have to be obedient because it's my car. <laughs> so, anyway, so you understand? If, I, if we were to say, okay, there's a road washed out over there. Don't go through the wash. And the person says, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, that's their choice. But you did what you're supposed to do. You have to cry out loud spare night. You have to tear the tr- tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us, Lord. Amen? Amen? So when we see something that's not right, we should call it out. The Bible also teaches us that if it's a brother and sister in the Lord, and they're, they're in the church, and they're doing something that, that's not right, that you go to them and you confront them with it. You talk to them about it. You don't go to them in hate and mean and malice. You go to them in love. Amen? And if they won't hear you, then you go and get the pastor. And if, right? So you go through that process in prayer and in love. But when a person is willfully walking and won't hear correction, that person does not need to be speaking into the lives of your family and into the lives of your church. Amen. Amen. You can't get clean water and dirty water out of the same spigot. I started to go get a, a couple of fa- a, a couple of faucets. <laughs> I was going to put a faucet. In. No, I, was, I started to go get a couple of pictures and and you know give you a visual aid. But I think we can all you know see it in our. Mind. Okay, so let's read this. Verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. What? So if they're in coming around and they like to come to church and they like to show up to events and they like to be on the radio or whatever it is, they got the t-shirt, they got the big Bible, they got all those things, but yet Somehow they cause divisions and offenses. Somehow the fruit looks tasty. Somehow the words sound good, but somehow it's causing division and causing things to be contrary in the body. He says avoid them. Not only mark them, but avoid them. For they that are of such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but they serve their own belly. Remember last week when was the subject of the flesh came up? And we were talking about like, what is the flesh? And right here, Paul is saying they serve their own belly. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going from one church to another to eat all the, you know, well, who's having mutton this Sunday? We're going to go over there. Well, who's having uh, pizza tomorrow night? We're going to go over there. That's not what it means, although some people do that. And that's not right either, right? If they're just going for the food, that's not right. Amen? Amen. So he says that if he, they're being led by their flesh. They're not being led by the Spirit. They're being led by things that they want themselves. They want recognition, they want people to talk about them, they don't care how they talk, they just want to be talked about, they just want to be the talk of the town, they just want they want people to say, oh look, it's Brother So-and-so, he's super popular, let's invite him to come up and say a few words, because then they feel, maybe they feel powerful. They're being led about by their flesh, by their own belly, is what it says. I would say that sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, that the, the physical manifests the spiritual. And sometimes you can literally see these things, just like this, in the, in, the, in the natural. You can see it. And if you'll pay attention, the spirit will tell you what it is. Amen? Verse 19. Well, no, I didn't finish that one. I'm sorry. And by good words and fair speeches, look at that, good words and fair speeches, they deceive the hearts of the simple. The, the simple here, most of the time when you look up the word simple in the Bible, most of the time it's referring to people who are kind of s- simple, like kind of like God, like, uh, have a childlike mind, that they, they, they're, might be adults, but yet they're like children. That they're simple-minded. That's what the the Bible, all throughout the Bible, speaks of the simple, right? And so that's what he's saying here, that they could be easily deceived. Amen? Sometimes we fall into that category as just being humans. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, correct? So sometimes if we allow... The enemies, the, the things, that the, all these constant parades of attacks just constantly coming against you and coming against you. And sometimes we, get, we allow ourselves to get weary. We should not. And how do we do that? We go back to the altar. Amen? We, we listen to the teaching of Sister Marjorie that she's been teaching us from the Bible, which is the teaching from the Bible, the Holy Ghost. We allow the Holy Ghost to rise up in us. We allow ourselves to, to learn how to pray in the Spirit. Amen? That we be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplication. Amen? So that anxiety has to go and be replaced by the Holy Spirit because he gives us the spirit of love, power, and sound mind. Amen? Right? Okay. So here we go. This is really interesting to me, how this scripture is laid out. So verse 19, he says, By good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple, or those that are easily led astray. Verse 19 says, for your obedience has come abroad to all men. So he's speaking again to the church at Rome. I just want to bring that out. He's speaking to the people at Rome and they're, work, they're working together and they're being obedient. And they're, 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 they're doing these things that Paul has taught them to do and giving them good doctrine. And he's letting them know, he's warning them to watch out for these things. And he tells them, you know, people all around are speaking of your obedience. Look at the second sentence. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. So it's interesting to me that they use, or Paul used the word simple in two different ways in these two verses. He applied it two different ways. So when we get to verse 19, this is our key verse today, is that I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Now, when we think about simple in this sentence, it's more of a the simple, it's it's simple, it's easy, it's clear. It means unmixed, and so this is where I was going to say, okay, well, we could get a pitcher of water, and I have pure water. Maybe I had like, you know, some purified... Yeah, it says purified on it. We believe that, right? So it's... (laughs) We must. We drink a lot of it. So it's purified water, so it's supposed to be clean and safe for drinking, and so we see it, and it looks good, and so if I set this up here, and you could see it, and it was a big, clear pitcher, and I went and got some vinegar, some white vinegar, and I poured that white vinegar in there, it still might look good, right? Well, how's it going to taste now? <laughs> it's going to be bitter, right? What's it going to smell like? It's going to be a sweet-smelling savor? Do you know what the, when the what rain falls, how it smells good? It's pure, that pure, fresh-clinging smell? That's how we should, we should smell fresh and clean for the Lord. Amen? We should not smell sour and rotten. Amen? So when something is tainted or messed up, sometimes you can't always see it. The enemy is a deceiver. Amen? The enemy of your soul comes to deceive you. And maybe we put in a little bit of vinegar today, just a drop. And a little bit of vinegar the next day, just a drop. And just a little bit more vinegar the next day. And before you know it, you won't even know, you won't recognize it because you've gotten used to it. It's changed your palate. Let's call it the taste. Your taste buds have become accustomed to drinking that vinegar water. It'd be good for your belly. We're not gonna get into that. It's just just a point. We're just making a point here, okay? If I put dirt in it or mud, Then you'd be like, oh, no, I'm not drinking that. That looks nasty. Because you can see it. But what if you couldn't see it? Right? We've gotten spoiled to this crisp, clean, pretty water, haven't we? The first time I came to Rhema in 2003, we prayed with a grandma. And she... um, she was, I don't know how old she was, but she was in a wheelchair when they brought her in and we prayed with her and, she, and we got her up and she started walking around and we were just walking around the church with her and, and she started getting tired. And so she sat back down, I don't remember if she sat on the altar or sat back down on the chair, but somebody said, get Grandma some water. And they ran to the back and they came back with a, a milk jug full of water. And that water was brown and it had stuff floating around in it. And I don't know if they got it from the uh, local windmill or where it came from but I was pretty much mortified. I was freaked out. I come from, I guess, lower middle class kind of sort of. You know, you turn the water on, the water comes out. It's usually clean. We had a few problems when we first moved into our house with my parents. When I was a little girl, there was something going on with the water. My mom was about to decide the house needed to be exercised. It was some weird stuff going on. But it cleared up, and the water became clear, and we, we drank the water straight from the spigot. And here, we come over here, and Grandma's drinking this brown-looking nasty water. That freaked me out. You ever drink water from a river? Yeah. yeah, me too. A lot of people are scared to drink water from a river now. You ever drink water from a spring that's springing up out of the ground? One of those, what do they call it, artesian well? There's one on the way up to so Luka guy. Good water, right? But if it's tainted, then it's not good. The word of God is pure. The word of God is holy. The word of God is untainted. Amen? Amen? We need to know the word of God. Now what the Lord is speaking to me this week, and I, I look back through my notes and he's it's, it's, he's, it's on and on. But he wants us to understand that there's something called, what he wants us to understand as witnesses, as as going out and telling other people about Jesus, that there is a simple truth, and you can remember that because lots of our products, so you per, you, walk, you see it, Smiths, it says simple truth on it, right? But God said, I want you to know the simple truth, not the products that, at Smiths. He wants you to know the Word of God. Amen. And it's simple. Amen. Yes, we can make it. We can look into way deep into things, but when you, what people need to know is that Jesus Christ gave His life. For their sins. Right? People need to know that they can be born again. And it's not hard. Amen. What did he tell Nicodemus? You must be born again. What did he tell a rich young ruler? Settle all that you have and give it unto the poor. <laughs> and follow me. When he called the disciples, what did he say? Follow me. Amen. How hard is that to understand? How hard is it to put it into words? We we're trying to complicate it too much. We're trying to convolute it too much, and put too many big convolute. What does that even mean? We try to put too many things in there and try to mix it up and try to make it. We want to sound so super spiritual. We want, to, we want people to look at us and think, oh, they know so much. They know the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and they know all these things. They must be all oh, so spiritual. I'm sorry, but lots of times the people that come with those big swelling words and with all these Greek and American, they got a whole book. Of, what's that? Book bag on wheels full of different kinds of Bibles and interpretations and all this stuff, and they want to sit down and spread them all out. Most of the time, they don't know the Lord. The relationship is lacking. They've gotten caught up in in this worldly knowledge of trying to heap upon themselves knowledge. The Bible says in the last days that the people will be heaping to themselves. Teachers having itching ears. That's not simple, is it? They want to go and they want to hear all this stuff. Tell me what I want to hear. Tell me, tell me that if I just go to church and I pay my tithes, that I will be so blessed beyond measure that I'll have all these things. Tell me, tell me what it means in the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic. Tell me, tell me what, what, where was Paul when he wrote this letter to the Romans. That really matters to me a whole lot. I need to know how old Paul was. What did his hair look like? We don't need to know those things, do we? We need to know the word of God. We need to know Jesus. We need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Simple. Simple. We need a relationship. People say, they come to us all the time, right? And they say, I, I need prayer. I need answers. Now, people do want to hear this. Lots of times when you tell them that the answer is Jesus, they don't want it. That's not what they wanted. Why? Why wouldn't you want the simplest and the best answer in the world and the universe in all eternity? The answer is Jesus. Well, I just can't sleep at night. I have all this pain and, and I, I toss and turn and I have all these things that I'm thinking about. The answer is Jesus. Well, I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to do. Seek the Lord. I don't like that answer. I want you to tell me what to do. Now, well, if you begin to look to man to tell you what to do, and I'm talking to mature Christians and people growing in the Lord, you, we need to learn to seek the Lord for answers. Seek the Lord for direction. He will give confirmation. Amen? He will use men and women of God to give you confirmation. I'm living proof. He will. But if you constantly look to somebody else to give that answer with somebody else to have a relationship, then we become like the Hebrew children, like the Israelites did, when they said, No, 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 we don't want to talk to God. We want a king. Amen. Your pastors are not supposed to be kings. Amen. I'm not your king, I'm not your queen. I'm your pastor. That means I'm here to feed you, here to foster you, to take care of you, to nurture you. That's what a pastor does. Amen? The pastor sees the evil and sometimes can run out there and, 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 and ward it off for you. You don't even know what happened because this pastor was doing spiritual warfare on your behalf. Sending the dogs after the, the foxes. Amen? Amen. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. I just want to expound on this just a little bit. I'm going to keep that marked. Matthew chapter 10 verse 16. Now in Romans where we just read verse 18, no, 19, okay. So this is just expounding a little bit on what he's saying there. And it's um, Matthew 10, and this is Jesus talking in verse 16. He says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. That word harmless translates the same as that word simple concerning evil in verse 19 there. That we are to be harmless as doves. So the word where it says um, in verse Romans 16, 19, be wise unto that which is good. So we're to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves, simple as doves. So that word harmless means it's the same word as simple there. It It means harmless, unmixed, pure. Now that's real interesting, isn't it? That Jesus would say, and use the word there, that I send you as among sheep among wolves. So that means you're harmless. You're kind of innocent. Amen? That innocent word is the same as that being simple, like an innocent little child. So not trying to be cunning, not trying to be crafty. You know, a lot of people are cunning and crafty with the word of God. That's what Satan was. Amen. It is that's what the enemy does? He's cunning and crafty with the word of God. He uses the word of God to manipulate, to make people respond in the way that he wanted them to respond, or to cause people. Let me put it that way: cause people to respond in the way they want. He wanted them to respond. The Holy Ghost doesn't need us to try to figure out how to make the word, make somebody respond the way that we want them to respond. Amen? The Holy Ghost doesn't need us to teach somebody else how to speak in tongues because the Holy Ghost does it. Amen? The Holy Ghost gives utterance. Am I right? Amen. So we need to understand that this what, last a couple of weeks ago the Lord told us to get wisdom and knowledge and understanding and receive instruction. Godly instruction, correct? So we're to receive this wisdom and knowledge. Whoa, my mind's blown. The wisdom and knowledge is so big and so far away from me. Lord, I'm just a simple human. But yet he says, it's simple. I created you in my likeness and my image. So this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, this instruction is not that difficult. We make it hard for whatever reason. And if if someone is making it hard for you, if somebody's trying to make you think you've got to be able to spell all these words correctly and pronounce all these names of people in the the Old Testament correctly, I've heard so many scholars and different people say it, and they say it differently. Amen? Amen. People say my name differently. They probably say Trediah differently. Do not they? Yeah? They say Mariah differently. They say Moriah. It's not Moriah. It's Miriah because her name's spelled differently because her grandma decided to (laughs) put two different names together with her mom. Amen. Larry. His name's Larry. Guess what I figured out? (laughs) This is real cool. I figured out that his name is Larry, and I always wondered, oh my goodness, why did your dad name you Larry? I thought, well, surely your name's Lawrence, right? Because Larry's usually short. Well, my was, no. No, my name's Larry. My dad named me Larry. Why? Why? Because Larry's mom had liver, too. It was a commercial. He used to come on. Larry's mom had liver, too. That's so why I was there to the name Larry. I thought about it. Larry's mom had liver, too. And guess what? Larry's mom liked to serve liver back in the day. But why Larry? Aren't you native? That's why I said. aren't you? Larry's not a native name. Why would your dad be named Larry? At first I thought he was German because his last name was Driggers. But it's a given name. They so just picked it up somewhere. They're not German. There's no German there. <laughs> I figured out while I was sitting and talking to a brother who's uh, from the Mescalero Apache that the way that they say Larry is Levy. And I, I remembered, wait a second, Larry's aunts and his grandpa, when, when his grandpa called him by his name, he usually called him Neckbones. That's how skinny he was. He would just standing he started just calling him bones. That, <laughs> that the way that they said his name was Levy. To me, my ear here is an L-E-B-B-Y, Levy. And I always just thought, that's just cute. She just said, Levy, Levy. I, was like, I found out through looking through some papers that one of his grandfathers, somewhere in the in there, was the name Levi. Whew. Talk about the Lord knowing what he's doing, right? So his name, his name is actually a transliteration from Levi through his heritage and the way that they pronounced it, and they didn't know how to spell it. They spelled it the way they heard it, the way they said it, right? And so. His name is Larry, which is a transliteration from Levi. Amen. So it doesn't matter if you can pronounce all these names. I said all that to say this. It doesn't matter if you can pronounce all the words in the Bible. What matters is that you have Jesus Christ in your heart. Amen. That when God looks at you, that he sees Jesus that you're not one of these marked ones that's going around and causing strife and and division, but that he sees Jesus Christ, he sees the blood has been applied. Amen? That's what he's looking for. God is not standing you up for a holy uh, day of uh, spelling bees. I'm I'm the the, uh, state youth director. I'm a Say something I probably shouldn't say. God's not saying, do you know all the books of the Bible? Can you tell me where this verse is? Quick, can you get to it? Amen? Yes, we should hide the word in our heart. Yes, you should know the word. But it's not a test, y'all. The only test is the blood of Jesus. Has the blood of Jesus been applied to your life? People need answers. They need direction. The answer and the direction is Jesus Christ. Amen? and Him crucified. It's simple. He died for you. Here, here it goes. The very simplest of truths is God loves you. Amen? Amen. If you're going through a hard day and a moment in your day or you know somebody else that's going through something, the simplest of truths, God loves you. God loves me. I can go look in the mirror and I can say this truth and there's no lie in it. God loves you. Amen. You could look at every single person everywhere and say, God loves you, 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 and on and on and on. And you would be telling the truth. If you can't say nothing else, amen? Tell them that God loves them. The second simple truth is that Jesus. Died for your sins. Well, who's okay? So God sent His Son Jesus, and He gave His life that you could be free. Amen. Amen. He gave His life for forgiveness of sins. You don't have to make. You don't have to go through all these big words, propitiation, and all that kind of stuff. Jesus died for you so that you can have life and life eternal if you will receive Him. Amen. John three sixteen. The third simple truth is that in that he provides healing of all types. Amen? By his stripes you are healed. Every single bit of it you were. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus settled it. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, when you make him Lord of your life, all those things come. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, all those things belong to you. Amen? Any of y'all ever played Kings and Queens, Knights and Castles and that kind of stuff? Yes, my Lord. What can I bring you today? Why am I the, always a peasant? <laughs> right? That, that the, 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 the lords were landowners. The lords were the overseers. The lords were the ones that, that made the rules and carried them out. The lord were the king's mighty right hand. Right? So when, when we're in the kingdom of God, then Jesus is our lord. Then everything that he has access to is given to us. Because he's a good father. He's a good king. And, he's a, and Jesus is a good lord. Amen? The best of the best. Does this make sense? Okay. So, and the fourth promise, or not promise, simple truth is that Jesus ascended, he left, you know, we're going to go on all that stuff. He's he's in heaven at the right hand of the Father, and he prays for us every single day, all day, every night. And that he said that he would not leave us comfortless, but that he would send his spirit to abide in us. Amen. And he said, in the word of God, that is for everyone who believes. Amen? Everyone who accepted the Lord as their Savior made, made Jesus the Lord of their lives, then the Holy Ghost is the next step. Amen? The Holy Ghost is his will for your life, 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 for your life. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. He wants you all to be saved sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Simple. Simple. It's not hard. It's simple. When we make things hard, we harden our hearts. When we make things hard, we, our bodies get rigid. We grit our jaws together. When you try to pick up a heavy burden, you grit your teeth, you make a face. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, if, you're, if and you're like, oh, I feel it, but mm, I don't think so, Mm-mm. then don't resist him. Amen? Don't be like that. Just let the Holy Ghost flow. Amen? Let him do what he do. Amen? I'm wondering if there's a number five. <laughs> Hold on. That's it. Okay. That was written, I think, Friday night, though. That little piece, I just was like throwing it down on paper. Praise God. So we must come to him as pure and innocent children. Amen? That means we can simplify our lives. You can simplify the way that you think about things. It doesn't have to be complex and, and difficult. Sharing the gospel is not difficult. All we have to do is trust in the Lord, and he'll put the words in our mouths. Amen? Amen? I want you to know this because we want to understand things biblically and by the Bible. He says the Holy Ghost is the witnessing power. Amen. Amen? So I want it to be clear. I want you to understand that to be a good witness and to be an effective witness, you must have the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be a good and effective witness because the Holy Ghost is the one that puts the words in your mouth. The Holy Ghost is the one that knows what that person you're talking to is going through and what exactly they need to hear. Amen? When we try to do it in ourselves, we will complicate it. We will make it difficult. And they'll just look at you. And sometimes I might just say, yeah, yeah, I want Jesus because I just want you to leave him alone. And you ever experienced this? We've done street ministry. Lots of times they've, they've accepted Jesus 100,000 times, maybe 20 times in one day. And they still ain't saved. So they didn't really accept Jesus. They just wanted you to leave him alone. They can say the sinner's prayer better than anybody but they're not truly repentant. Amen? Amen. Okay. I just want to make sure y'all understand. I'm trying to keep it simple. All right. So, one more verse. Where was it, Lord? I think I marked it. If I didn't, then we're done. Don't be praying. My markers fall out now. Okay. Um. I think it's 1 Corinthians.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: First Corinthians fourteen twenty. First Corinthians fourteen and twenty. Mm-hmm. This is the same chapter where he tells us to pray with the spirit and pray with understanding also. That's a good chapter right here. <laughs> The whole Bible is good. Verse 20. Were everybody there? Again, this is Paul. He's writing to the church at Corinth. And he says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And under, Don't be children in understanding. Now, is this contrary to what we just taught? No, because he wants you to become mature. Amen? You ever sit, and I, I, this seems to be a theme with us here lately, have you ever sit and talk with the elders, and they say things that are just so plain and simple, and you just kind of go, duh, to yourself? Like, why, why didn't I understand it that way? Why didn't I see it that way? You know, I'm young, and I'm, I'm running around doing all these things. I'm reading all these things and listening to these podcasts. And I go to school and, 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 you know, how come I couldn't articulate or put it into such simple words like Grandma just did? She had understanding. She has years of, of life experience. They, we can come to understanding. And when you come to understanding, you're able to put things in more simple words. Amen? Does this make sense? Sometimes you go into a classroom, maybe sit in a kindergarten classroom, and you listen, and you watch, and you think, man, I've been out of school a long time, because I didn't know you could do it like that. And it's kindergarten. It's real simple. But sometimes we, we, we put all this stuff in our brains and our minds and all these things are going on in our lives. So it's, it's coming to that maturity and having that understanding that we can simplify things and actually put them into easy-to-understand words and still be literal, direct word from what God says, directly from what from the Lord. <laughs> Brethren, be not children in understanding, howbeit in malice be ye children. What is malice? It's... What's malice? Well, meanness. So. Meanness, huh? Oh, yeah. Bad. Um, it's it's, uh, it's uh, like an innocence thing. So it what is malice? So it means you put something on somebody else you wouldn't put on yourself. Hmm. <clears throat> the M.A.B. says evil. So, yeah. yeah. Evil which goes back to the scripture we're reading in Romans. So malice is the evil intentions. And so Larry was saying, like when you try to put something on somebody else that they can't bear, malice to me is, um, I'm, I'm kind of going with this, with a, well, it's bad, yeah, it's it's bad but it's its hard. It's like, I, I think of a mallet, you know, I, I'm i a word association like, like Marlon. It's, it's, it's hard. It's mean. It's, it's, It's hateful. It's uh, It's evil. It's like something that a baby has naturally, but you don't have it anymore. Because the innocent thing where uh, something's wrong to a baby, they can feel it because of discernment. It's absence of that. Uh, It's evil. Okay, so does that make sense to y'all, what he said? Because when babies can't control their emotions is what he's saying. So when a baby's, um, like if if they, they say that if you could take a little infant and that infant was grown... And it was feeling like the kind of anger that it feels or rage that it feels when it's hungry. <laughs> immature. Very immature, yes. <laughs> there you go. So you, we, don't, we don't be like that, amen? As Christians, we, are, we have self-control by the Spirit, amen? And so he tells us as, as um, things concerning malice, we should, should be like an innocent little child and not be malicious. And malicious intent, or being having malice, means that you mean evil to someone else. That's the simplest way to put it. Is that it means that as a as a human, you have evil intent or evil evil plans for someone else. That's malice. Okay. So he tells us to be like little sweet little children that wouldn't hurt or flee. If y'all know some little children like that, okay. So. <laughs> Like sweet little children. But in understanding, be men. Be mature. Be mature. So you see someone with that malice, that that kind of feelings, and you you feel that begin to rise up in you. You want revenge. You want want to exact revenge yourself instead of letting the Lord have it. That's what we need to say. Like a little child would say, run to their daddy or their their uncle, somebody, their defender, and say, you know what he did to me? Come over here, right? And that's what we need to do with the Lord. We need to be like little children and say, Lord, do you know what happened? What did David do? That's what David did, King David. He always went to the Lord. Lord, did you see how they treated me? Amen. <coughs> did you see that? Lord, what are you going to do? And the Lord says, let me handle it. Amen? Woke up this morning. If I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory shall be mine. Amen? Amen. Sometimes he tells you to go speak and sometimes he tells you to be quiet. This morning he told you to open your mouth and he will fill it. Right? And that is also a way of walking in maturity that we learn that when we say our peace, then we're done. Amen? And it's not your peace. Let me just make that clear. I'm not going over here and saying, I'm going to give Devon a piece of my mind. Let me tell you how I feel about you today. You know what you did? You remember when you burned that cornbread? i will tell you how it made me feel. <laughs> I don't remember last time you burned cornbread. But <laughs> no, it's that I, the Lord said to tell Vonna that he loves you and he sees the situation that you're going through and he's going to move in your, on your behalf. Amen? Amen? Then I said the piece that God told me to say, and I leave it there. What if God said to tell somebody, Mr. X sitting up here in the front row, you can't see him. But if I say, Brother X, the Lord told me to tell you that if you will go down to the river and wash three times, that he will completely heal you. Is it my job to make sure he goes down to the river and washes? No. You say your peace, the peace that God gave you to say, and you let it, and you leave it there. You hold your peace, your natural, your human peace. Amen? And let the Lord fight the battle. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right, I think we're done. I want to read this one last time. We're going to read verse 19. I'm going back to Romans. You don't have to go back if you don't want to, if if you've already lost it. Verse 16 and 9. For your obedience has come abroad to all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good. And simple concerning evil, we need to be wise to the things that are evil, the things that are of malicious, the things that come against us, the things that are that are try to creep into your household, the tr- things that are try to cre- creep into your family and lead your family astray. We need to be wise to those things, and we need to be able to speak simple truths to our children, our children's children. We need to be able to speak tr- simple truth to people on the street and give answer. For what we have believed. Amen? That's what the Bible tells us to do. To be ready to give answer at all times. For this faith that is in you. Keep it simple. Don't let it be difficult. Jesus is my Lord. How is it that you have such peace? All these things are going around. You know, Larry was going through a a, a really hard time about Gosh, a long time ago now. And my grandmother saw it. And she would say, he has the patience of Job. I just thought it was something that she would say that. You know, that she would say, he has the patience of Job. And other people would come around and they'd say, how can you be so happy and have so much joy even in the midst of all that's happening? You've lost your job. you lost your, your, your house. You don't have a savings. You have nothing. But you've got, you know, how can you be happy? And we're just, the answer was Jesus. Amen. It's all Jesus. He always provides. He's good. Amen? Amen. The Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken and get this parents and grandparents or his seed begging bread. Amen? Our faith goes on from one generation to the next generation. You are sowing into those little seeds. Amen? Into your children and into your children's children. What you sow into your children and your nieces, you will be sowing into the next generation through them. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, just simply, Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. God, in one mind, Lord, we agree in the name of Jesus that we want to see other people saved. And, Lord, that we know that we are empowered by your spirit, washed in your blood, filled with your spirit, Lord God. Father, if there's anybody here that's not saved, Lord, we pray for them, that they would come to you, Lord God, that you would send your angels to minister to them, that you would draw them and deal with them greatly by your spirit, Lord. God, if there's anybody here that hasn't received the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, God, we intercede for them, Lord God. God, we pray, Father God, that that they would hunger and thirst for more of you. They would hunger and desire to have all that you have paid for, Jesus so that we can all be effective witnesses, God, that we can go out and share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of love and the gospel of peace, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, that this morning, Father, as we are here in this place, humbling ourselves before you, seeking your face together, Lord God, Lord, that you would teach us to speak not with great swelling words, not with things that are overwhelming to the mind and to people's, even to their emotions on the in the flesh. But Lord, that we would learn to speak simple Holy Ghost truth. I remember every word that was ever spoken to me through a man or woman of God that was anointed to give to speak to me by you. And it was always simple, direct, just a few words. And my, my spirit knew, my soul knew exactly what we were talking about. So Lord, let us, let us walk in more faith. Let us lean into that faith. Let us learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Let us learn to trust you more with everything. And with every soul, as you direct our footsteps, as we trust in you, Lord, as we study your word to show ourselves approved unto you, Lord, you will do it. We thank you, Father. We give you thanks right now for every soul that is going to be increasing the kingdom, every soul that's going to be born again, every soul that's going to come to you, every person that's going to be healed, every person that's going to be set free, every demon that's going to be cast out, Lord. We thank you, Lord. God, we thank you, God, for all that you have given us through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the covenant and the agreement that we have with you, Lord, as New Testament believers, meaning that we are part of the new covenant, the new promise that you have made with us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.